May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. I wonder, what do you imagine God to be like? What do you imagine God to be like? I think we all, somewhere, consciously or less consciously, have some idea of what God is like, based on things we pick up from our childhood, things we pick up in the media, in the arts, from our families of origin, whatever religious experience we may or may not have had growing up. And very importantly, in the stories that we tell. The stories we tell are very important, which is why year after year, we come to hear this story told. The story of Christmas, the story of the birth of the baby in the manger of Bethlehem. Well, let's, let's play around with some images that we might have, images of God that come to us from popular culture. As I was preparing for tonight, I engaged in one of my personal Christmas traditions, which is to watch the grace scene out of the movie Talladega Nights. <laughs> It makes me snort laugh every time I watch it. If you're not familiar with it, go on YouTube, look for Ricky Bobby Grace, and you will find three minutes of absolute irreverent comedy. In that scene, Ricky Bobby, the great NASCAR driver, is saying a meal prayer, saying grace. And as he's praying, he's praying to baby Jesus. And after he goes on and on, praying to baby Jesus, his wife finally stops and says, Ricky, would you please say a proper grace? Jesus did grow up, you know. <laughs> but Ricky Bobby prefers to pray to baby Jesus, eight pounds, six ounces. <laughs> and the conversation around the table turns to uh, everyone else's image for God. So his, his sidekick, his racing buddy, says, well, I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt. Because he says, I want to be formal, but I like to party. <laughs> and I like to party. So he has this image of a Jesus who's very much like him, likes to party. The little boys at the table say, well, I like to picture Jesus as a ninja beating all the evil samurai. Okay, well, there's some images for what God might be like. I was reading from another priest recently who said, well, this story of the incarnation, we call it, when God takes flesh and comes in the form of Jesus, this is sort of like a genie. So then the genie from Aladdin, cosmic power, stuck inside that lamp. Well, this is what God coming in the form of the baby Jesus is like, cosmic power, little tiny baby, eight pounds, six ounce, living space. I also wonder, maybe we think God is sort of like Santa Claus, a generally jolly old man with a white beard, living in some remote location accessible only by reindeer, who comes out to work one day a year and gives presents, usually based on some list of requested toys, but only to those who have made the nice list to those who made the naughty list, they get a lump of coal. I wonder if sometimes we think 
think God is sort of like that, rewarding those who are on the nice list and punishing or at best ignoring those who are on the naughty list. And this is an idea that does float around out there. And I think it's rooted more in the God of capitalism than the God of the Christmas story. This idea that God rewards the good people with money, with success, with fame, with health. And the people who aren't living their best life now, hashtag blessed, they must have done something to deserve it. But the Christmas story does not fit at all with this health and wealth prosperity gospel. Think of who the major players are in the story. We have Mary. We don't really know much about Mary before the angel Gabriel comes to her and says that she'll have a son who is coming from the Holy Spirit. We know she's a young woman. We know she says yes, but that's about it. She's no one special. And then there's these shepherds. They're the first ones who are told about this thing that happens. Shepherds might be noble people in our society, but in that society, these people were really on the fringes. They're dirty. They do dirty work with those dirty animals. They're out there in the fields. Not even their own fields, because they can't afford their own fields. They're working on someone else's field to graze their sheep. These aren't people that are obvious choices for God to come to, to say, look at this great thing that's happened. And when this baby, who's at the center of the story, grows up, he will say outrageous things, like, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek. Canadian songwriter Bruce Coburn retells the Christmas story in a wonderfully human and modern way in a song, Cry of a Tiny Babe. In it, he writes, the humblest of people get a glimpse of their worth, because it isn't to the palace that the Christ child comes, but to shepherds, street people, hookers, bums, so that tit-for-tat prosperity gospel way of thinking, where God gives gifts to the good and punishes the bad. Doesn't fit the story, and maybe it's just our way of trying to control reality, so that we can say, I know how it works. It works like this. If I'm good, good things happen. If I'm bad, bad things happen. The reason that person's having a bad experience is to be a bad person. And it's all neat and tidy, and it all makes perfect sense when we have some little feeling of control about the situation. Because we don't feel like we're in control. We have no control over a global pandemic. We have no control over the economy. We have no control over our holiday travel plans. Well, religion is thought of this way, as a reward or punishment system. Our way of controlling who's in and who's out, who's good and who's bad, it creates an us and them. Our politics does a good enough job of that for us. We don't need our religion to do it. The Christmas story gives us a different image of God. And maybe it's actually more like the genie, minus the granted wishes part. See, God could have related to us in any way that God chose. 
But God chooses a path of self-limitation, cosmic power. But God chooses this limited existence, coming as a vulnerable baby. God could theoretically have strong-armed a solution to all those problems that we can't control from the outside. But it doesn't seem to be the way God wants to operate. God chooses to work with us, and in us, and even through us. Here's another great line from that Bruce Coburn song. He starts by summing up the beginning of the story. Mary grows a child without the help of a man. Joseph gets upset because he doesn't understand. And here's the line. An angel comes to Joseph in a powerful dream and says, God did this, and you are part of his scheme. God did this, and you are part of his scheme. In the birth of a Christ child, God announces in the clearest way what God has been saying right from the beginning of creation, which is that it is good, it is very good. God affirms the dignity of our humanity, says that we are counted worthy to be the bearers of God. Wherever you think you fit on the naughty or nice list, you're part of God's scheme. Because when God comes, it doesn't come in a general way or a generic way or in a vaguely beneficial gas floating in the air kind of way. God comes in a concrete human life and shows us that God wants to live a human life through each one of us. To know what it's like to feel the pangs of hunger, the grief of losing a loved one, the sting of betrayal and rejection, but also the sweetness of love and the encouragement of friendship and the joy of laughter. It wasn't enough for God just to create us and leave us alone on this planet. It wasn't enough for God to dole out good gifts to good people and punish bad people. It wasn't enough for God to heal the wounds of the earth from outside. God wants to come inside, to come among us, to work in us and through us, to experience the fullness of human life in us. For God doesn't only come in the child laid in the manger of Bethlehem. God continues to come every day to be born in us. An ordinary people like us. And all we need to do is, like Mary, to say yes. To say yes and to make a place for God to come in our hearts and in our lives. On the first Christmas, with Jesus asleep in the manger, the shepherds returned to their fields, and Mary sat there in quiet and pondered these mysteries in her heart. God made her, her family, Part of God's scheme, part of God's scheme to set all things right, to heal the woundedness in our lives, all those things that we can't control, for God to say, it will be okay, and through you, I will heal the wounds of the world. So this Christmas season, let's take some time, like Mary, to ponder these things in our hearts, to treasure these mysteries, and to know that God is with us, in us, Maybe it'll work through us.